Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. And we're in episode 10, Andrew. Episode X. I saw that you wrote that on the uh, on the invitation for this evening's recording. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to feel about it. It's like we're the Super Bowl. Roman we are numerals. the Oh, yes. We should only do Roman numerals from here on out. But then we didn't. Should we go back and like edit the other one? No. No, we just go it. with it. We're just going with it. Maybe this Episode is the Roman numeral. Yeah. Maybe every 10. Like that'll sure. be a tradition. Yes. The next one will be XX. Yes. Or as some people call it Dos Equis. <laughs> that. If they'd like to sponsor us, we're available. Oh, that, I mean, we'll, we'll take any and all sponsors. Maybe they just want to sponsor the 20th episode. Ooh, that will be our most expensive episode, hands down. Yeah. I didn't get you a gift. What's the 10th anniversary gift? I know. I think it's, is it paper? No, I don't know. It is. I, I don't, I got to look that up. Actually. No, it, I don't, I don't care. You don't I, care? Well, because I didn't get anything, so it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I, I was thinking about making it a thing, but I mean, we ha we have so many ahead of us, right? And, and, first, I, don't need, first and I don't need a reason tenth, to get you a gift. Tenth is tin or aluminum. Tin or as, is tin, as we would say in the South. Tin, or, or as we say in Europe, aluminum. <laughs> the, the new manium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I miss well, manium. Speaking of tin... Uh, we had a uh, shakeup in our poll this week a little bit, not at number one. Uh, the curse is dead. Coach Fuchs stays at number one with Northwestern. Uh, Duke Praise moves up. Coach Fuchs. That's right. Duke moves up to number two. Uh, they had a good weekend. And speaking of Duke. Speaking of number two, we are so pumped to invite uh, Pam Buston, head coach of the Duke Blue Devils, onto the pod later. We're going to chat with her. Uh, so, yeah, she'll join us in a little bit. Uh, not joining us is anyone from Rutgers because they are no longer undefeated, Kirsten. Uh, That's right. We're, we're down to no undefeated teams. The Scarlet Knights fall on Sunday in double overtime. Is that shootouts? Shootouts. shootouts. Okay. Two rounds of shootouts. And I mean, are we going to talk about that now or later? Because I got a lot. We're going to talk about it in a minute because okay. I just want to say Northwestern went one on one on the weekend. They they beat an Indiana team that is um, not Rutgers. one of the best. Rutgers the went. Rutgers went one on one. What did I say? Northwestern. Well, I meant Rutgers. I know. I think we all knew what. I just wanted to. Make yeah, sure. I appreciate okay. that. You know, that's the first mistake I've made in the history of pitch session. That's absolutely right. Yeah, maybe we'll edit it out. Um, <laughs> so uh, Rutgers, they beat Indiana. Indiana, not a team that's uh, considered dominant. And they they played well, but lost a heartbreaker to Northwestern in a shootout. But they managed to go up in the poll, which is curious. Um, mm -hmm. They had reached a season high of number four, and all it took for them to make make the top three was to no longer be undefeated. So 15 and one Rutgers is number three, North Carolina and Virginia uh, follow them. The top 10 is rounded out Liberty, Maryland, Iowa, Harvard, and Syracuse uh, for yet another week. No new teams joined the poll, which means nobody dropped. Um, the biggest dropper of the week down four spots to number 12, uh, are your Louisville Cardinals who mm. had a tough, tough weekend. Very tough. Um, 
They're they're at number twelve. The bottom of the poll, sixteen through twenty or fifteen through twenty, is Penn State and Michigan, both eight and seven. They swap spots at fifteen and sixteen. Uh, Cornell, Diet, Massachusetts, UMass Lowell is eighteenth. Albany, the Pretty Good Danes, nineteen, and Massachusetts Classic, the Minute Women, uh, come in at number twenty. They round out our poll. Let's talk about last week. You want to start with your Rutgers Scarlet Knights? Sure. And I mean, the Rutgers moving up. I just looked at the RPI. They're number five on the RPI. Because I am like, what What are we thinking? What, what, where's our head at here? People who are voting in the coaches poll. Um, and I'm just wondering well, if that's what we're looking at. Because of course, our RPI is going to go up. They played the number one team in the country. So but they also played Indiana, which doesn't help the RPI. Exactly. And it's tough. I, I can't see where their, where their RPI was last week, but yeah, so I, I am not sure. And I think there there is always, as we talked about last week, some biases in the poll. But here's my thing about the Rutgers game. So I they're, watched they're, it. They're, they're still clinging to one first place vote, by the way. Intr- I want to know who, who are you? First place vote. Just send us an email. Can't, we won't tell anyone. I just you, need to know. Can't you call your former coworkers and find out? Absolutely. They have the most integrity in the world. They would never ever tell me they definitely would never tell me (laughs) okay um so we need you to raise your hand like be that person just tell us who you are we take it we should get a telegram account you know like all the the yes we talked about this before we really need it yeah we yes, need anonymous I, tips yeah give me an anonymous tip i want to know i just just for my own edification like i just need to know but anyway nice word i know i i think i just need to drop an sat word in every episode um but the Rutgers Northwestern game, very good, very evenly matched. I actually think Rutgers dominated for for the first maybe like three quarters of the game. They played really fast. They had great defense. Um, but the I think the highlight of the game was just like the showcase of the two goalkeepers. They were both exceptional. Um, so overall, really great game, of course. So it goes to overtime, goes to shootouts. And in the shootouts, so if you would, if if anybody is interested, you can roll all on over to the uh, Rutgers Twitter account, and you can see the state of New Jersey weighing in on how um, wronged Rutgers was in the shootouts. But I I will say, watch that, and I thought the umpires did a great job. Um, and this is my problem. So this is my gripe for the week and maybe the season. And I know we're doing our best to get good commentators and good people on the broadcast, but these people don't know what they're talking about. And they get people riled up about stuff. <laughs> they don't know. So these people are like, <laughs> we're doing these, our best to get, get knowledgeable people, but these people don't know. What that's so they don't good. know anything. Like, I don't know who this person is. that was on the, pro- the, the broadcast. I think they had a Rutgers alum on who's just, out of the game so she's there for color that's fine but like the umpires called back one of Rutgers shootout goals because time expired like I'm watching it and I'm looking at what they're looking at they go to the thing and I'm like okay it took a while timed it and it was time expired really easy well everybody on Twitter's like oh my god they you know the refs screwed this and then they did it but it's because the people on the broadcast they have no idea what they're talking about. And they didn't have the clock on the They the didn't screen, have the clock break. on the screen. And so it's like, and I, I just want the commentators who like don't know to stop guessing. Or, or maybe just acknowledge maybe something happened that I don't know. 
Yeah, but it's like we're so ready to rag on the umpires and like, I, but like if you don't know, it's this is not your opportunity to like intuit maybe what happened. If you have absolute, yes, like and they do. Well, I think maybe that you know jumped up and hit her in the eye. You're like, what are you talking about? Like or like. <laughs> Well, I don't know. They usually start those free hits like just inside the circle. So I don't know what's like, just stop talking. Silence is great. But but you know what? You're also right there on the sideline. Maybe go grab an assistant coach and be like, hey, what happened? Yeah, probably know anything. Like there are a lot of solutions to this problem. And it's not you just deciding to like freestyle. Exactly. We're just freestyling it. So I really thought the broadcast hurt the game because it was a really good game. And Northwestern absolutely like deserved the victory. And it was contentious, absolutely. But like nobody did anything wrong. So let's stop assuming that somebody did. Nobody was cheated. No one was cheated. And those umpires did a great job in the biggest game of the year in a really like I'm sure loud and intense environment. And so like, let's just say great job Northwestern. They got it that time, but instead we are like saying somebody screwed somebody. It didn't happen. Time expired. Spoiler alert though. Best game of the year so far. I think we have so far. We have, we have a new contender for we really do. We really do. We will talk about that. We'll get there. So that was my grape grape from the weekend because I thought it was a really exciting game. We got to watch it with some non field hockey people who are really excited about it. And then it's just like one, get the clock on the, on the screen. You got it there the whole game. Exactly. And then like, let's get some information to these commentators. Or if you're a commentator who doesn't have information or doesn't know what they're talking about, I'm happy to provide my expertise, but like there's a way to fill the, fill the void without like making all these like claims. I don't know. So that was really frustrating. Um, But the other games this weekend, I mean, we had a couple upsets, UVA beat UNC three, two and I think that game, one of the biggest factors in that win, because I think it was it was a good game, but I thought UNC played better, was home field advantage. So it was UVA's senior game, alumni game. They had seven of the last eight head coaches at UVA back for the game. And after the third quarter break, they came out just like on fire. Maybe it was after halftime, but I think they like they the home field advantage was absolutely a factor in that game and i think it also was in your maryland terrapins versus iowa so maryland won four one over our iowa hawkeyes and i was saying like home field advantage played every factor because i think maryland is absolutely rising and they are a great team with just front to back great players um and they play a really great attacking style um but I think that was absolutely a factor too. Um, but a place that there was not a home field advantage, your Louisville Cardinals versus Syracuse in the Ville. Yeah. They, uh, they, they took a licking. They really did four one. And I'm going to be honest, like watching it, it I, I was baffled. I think that the team was baffled because they weren't playing badly. They really weren't. They had some chances, but like, and they were like, I wrote, I wrote down like, Lola's not frustrated. They're pissed. Like they were just mad that it was happening and they weren't playing poorly. Like they had some really nice showcases of skill, but I don't really know. They were like, how do we stop the bleeding? And they didn't really find that uh, formula. Well, and that was the, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I've been droning on for quite a bit. 
Yeah, I wouldn't call it droning. Oh, thanks. But uh, I mean, they like they, that was the most goals they allowed all season. The the most goals they'd allowed until that game worked too. <laughs> Bigger concern oh. for Louisville though is it drops them to tenth in the RPI, twelfth in the coaches' mm. poll, which starts to put them squarely in on the bubble territory. Um, I, I think that they're going to need to play well this weekend to finish the regular season, and they're probably going to need at least one win in the ACC tournament next week. Uh, they they definitely have the ability right now to play themselves out of the tournament if they don't right the ship quickly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it. I mean, the seeding. I, I have no idea where they'll get seated and then who that opponent is, even if they get that first win, but say the first opponent is wake, like does that help them enough in the RPI that if they don't win the right. ACC tournament, do they make it in, into that? Well, they, they certainly can't lose that game. No. Um, and, and let me ask you this talking about Virginia is they, they move up. Um, that gives them two wins in the last two weeks over both North Carolina and Duke. The Duke win being a non-conference game. But does that make Virginia North Carolina State champions? Wait, what? They beat UNC and Duke. Are they oh, North Carolina State they, champions? I mean, I guess they are. Can well, they put have, a they banner beat, have they beat App State? No, but I'm... Have they beat Queens? I'm going to say they get a bye with App State. And Queens? Well, sure. here we go. You say that, you say that, but App State beat Louisville this weekend. That's a great point. Okay, because App State. So, and here's the thing. App State, for me at least, was just kind of flying under the radar. But I looked back after that. I was like, holy crap, upset win. What? But they're 12-4 and four this year. They're 5-1 and one in the MAC. Like, they lost to Miami, but, like, they're really riding high here at the end of the season. So, I don't know if UVA gets well, the, the North Carolina State Championship. Two, two things. One... Their RPI is 45, so let's slow down. Okay. Okay. Their their immediate neighbors in the RPI are Lehigh, Cal, and Providence. So, you know, yeah. And and I find it interesting that you say App State is riding high. Um, Just because that that university does have a reputation that many of them do ride high. Oh, that's right. Oh, man, they're near – because they're near Asheville? (laughs) Well, I think Boone itself. Uh, I love it. It's my kind of town. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say for, for App State and their history, this is the kind of storybook season for them. Well, okay. and this, credit where credit's due, Andrew. No, they get credit. I'm just saying the storybook season is going to end if they don't win the MAC tournament. Sure. Um, well, so I, because I was looking like they lost to Miami early in the season, and I think it was a bit of a blowout, like maybe like 4 1 or something like that. But I would say like they're on an upswing. So if they face Miami again, it's not going to be the same team that Miami faced earlier in the season. Well, so there's actually, a chance. It's technically going to be literally the exact same team. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was t- talking more like figuratively, like metaphorically, different team. Okay, but the, but the actual people in the uniforms, the exact same team. I mean, do you know who their starting lineup is? Yes. But all of this, I know, is just a ploy for you to, like, have me admit that UVA is on the ladder this week. I have no ploy. You just admitted that on your own. I know that some of the pitch session uh, audience, the listenership was concerned. The loyalists. The people loyal to pitch session. That's right. They were they were concerned about your, um, 
attack on UVA? Is that whoa? Whoa, that is too harsh a word. I think that's very harsh. Oh, I just looked at UVA season. They're done. They don't have any games this week, and they're t- ooh. Okay, Michelle, kind of like in, that. They're in the clubhouse. They are in the clubhouse for the week before the ACC championship tournament. So, like, they're going to put their feet up, get a nice recovery. Okay. I want to see how that pans out because I like it. Well, they played yesterday. They played on Tuesday. But the ACC tournament doesn't start until, like, what, next Thursday? Right. But I'm just saying they they did have a game this week. It just was yesterday. Are they the only team that's not playing this weekend? In the whole country? I don't know. I mean, this, I mean, yeah, that's not easy. Potentially. To oh, potentially. Well, there's an even number of teams, right? So there have to be one more. Oh, I guess you're right. Aren't there Somebody. like 72? I think it's 70 well, here, even. Here, I have the RPI. Hang on. I just. Um, well, as you're looking. No, no, I've got it. There are 82 teams. So if Virginia is not playing. Somebody else? Somebody well, else is not playing. But couldn't they like do some sort of like three way? That's true. That's a yeah. great point. So I, I That's might so, say you're so right about that. I would say they might be the only only team not playing this. The the can I just say I'm going to mm-hmm. get us off topic for a minute. The bottom of the RPI is fascinating. Oh, God, I haven't looked. Let's just be like, kind. I, I, no, no, it's just interesting because you've got like a ball state at 71, but they're seven and nine. Like, yeah, I'm looking like, at that. So, Longwood so like, is three and 14, and they're two spots ahead of them. Right. So, like, who has ball state played that their <laughs> seven wins have them 71st? Seriously. And then oh. how is it that Queens is 0-15 and Mary Mac is 0-16 and well, they're I'm, ahead, they're ahead of two and nine Lindenwood. Like okay. I just think and I, I just think pulled up f- I just pulled up uh, Ball State's schedule and they beat Indiana, who has to have a pretty decent RPI from just being in the Big Ten, and they beat them. So like Indiana, that should give them a boost. Indiana is 37. Which is Ohio, they beat Ohio, they beat Lock Haven. I just, I wonder if at the extremes of the RPI, Mm. like the math doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, it it seems that way. Just looking at this, that's very interesting. Holy Cross is seven and eight. They're 68. Oh. But then you've got, you know, James Madison. Now, I bet you they've played a pretty good schedule, but they're 3-11, and 11, and they're all the way up in 56. Mm. Michigan State is the lowest-rated uh, major conference team. Maybe this is what we do in the offseason as we break down the RPI. Because, I mean, I know what goes into it generally, but this is very interesting. Right. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And then, like we said, we got 12 and four App State right there at 45. Um, you know, and then five and 12 Indiana at eight spots higher. Now, as you said, Indiana's strength of schedule is going to be way better. UConn is 33rd at five and 12, better than like an 11 and five VCU who, who isn't bad. Who's having um, a pretty good season? Oh yeah, right. I'm looking. I'm looking at App State schedule. I mean, like they are doing. Honestly, this is a good this is good scheduling on App State staff's part because they're doing as well as they can. Like outside of the Mac, they're playing UNC, 
Louisville Wake Forest. So and then the they've best, got some up the best local opponents they can play. Yeah, that they can play. And then and they got JMU on there. They beat JMU. Um and they and they've got some ones in there that they know they're gonna win. Like you have to put those in. So I mean, it's a well-designed schedule. Oh, by the way, Virginia beat Wake Forest five nothing. So I think we give Oof. them the North. But I think we give them the North Carolina State Championship. All right, banner. fine, fine. You get it, UVA. Well done, Cavs. North Carolina State champions. Wahoo, wah. Um, well, joining UVA in the on the ladder, in in my humble opinion, is Maryland, who is. I wrote sneakily rising in the Big Ten because I don't know why, but for some reason in my mind, the Terps have kind of flown under the radar a little bit. They, no, six, they have, especially they're most, six of their games, one. most of their games are on Mondays. This they year. played again. Wait, they have another Thursday game this week. I was like, and do. we're back. And we're back, Maryland. It's, it's not like they don't have their own facility and they're like getting bumped out. I just think it's interesting because they started they started the season ranked number four in the NFHCA poll, and then they dropped all the way. I think the lowest they got was maybe 10, and they're just steadily climbing back up. They're 6-1 in the Big Ten. They're tied with Rutgers. So there you I go, mean, Terpies. Co- Coach Maharg always, always. Oh, this is her, you know, something about when, when the leaves turn, <laughs> you know, when the air gets crisp, that's Missy Maharg comes time. alive. Yes. yes. She says, this is my time. There's nothing she likes more than a turtleneck on a crisp October morning. Or maybe a, a sweater draped over her shoulders. Well, that too. That's not a look. I, <laughs> there was someone on my airplane the other day who went with that look the whole time. And I was like, you couldn't well, pull that off. What, what are we doing here? Like, I do like a shawl. I like a shawl. But a shawl is not a sweater. Kirsten. It warms me. <laughs> Yeah, the sweater, when you do the sweater over the shoulders, like you're projecting a, there, an identity, yeah. you yeah, know? Yes, that is a, yes, there is. It's not utility. No, you're making a point. <laughs> you're absolutely making a point. Oh, man, I'm looking at what else to have. Okay, my other ladder, I'm just keeping an eye on my, my Penn State and Lions. They beat Iowa 2-1. So, and and if we're looking at shoots and ladders, Iowa's definitely on a shoot this week, as is as is Louisville um, struggled in the past two weeks. And I think maybe Iowa like has the novelty and worn off a little bit. Like they were really, you know, they've got some really good veterans, but they were also relying on some newbies who um, kind of didn't know what was going on. We're just having fun and scoring a lot of goals. And I think, I mean, the big 10, the big 10 learns, man, they know what's up. So I'm sure you think, people it's, are, the, you think it's the corn sweats. No, maybe because the corn sweats are over. They don't know what to do with them. So they've lost their advantage. Well, let's talk real quick about your Penn State Nittany Lions and sure. their their rival, the Michigan Wolverines. Both are eight and seven, mm-hmm. three and four. Uh, Penn State finds themselves 16th in the RPI, Michigan at 20. Mm. It, it seems at this point, both of those teams have one path to the NCAA tournament. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. And that's true. And automatic qualifier but i will say i mean i think as well as the top three teams in the big 10 have performed this season it's kind of anyone's game because i 
I don't know about Iowa at this moment in the season, but like, I mean, Michigan, Penn State and Ohio State, I feel like they're all a little bit on the sort of like downturn, but I don't know. I feel like anything could happen. Honestly, I don't know. Is it really a downturn or is it just the reality of the Big Ten beating itself up? Mm. Tell me more about that. Well, I I mean, these, you know, how many schools play Big Ten field hockey? Eight, nine. Nine. And, you know, you, you have a distinct bottom you have a distinct second class i would say with michigan state and indiana Mm -hmm. and and then after that um you know any given year between northwestern now Rutgers, i guess maryland ohio state iowa penn state you know would you be stunned to see any of those teams at number one number two number three in the nation i mean you, you wouldn't and and they're gonna beat each other up it's just the reality of the schedule that it actually makes what Northwestern is doing being seven and zero even more impressive, because yeah. to get to get out, to get through that schedule unscathed, I mean you just you know they're really good teams and so mm-hmm. now Michigan the RPI lists them at three and four, but oh no that's their road record Michigan is eight and seven two and five I was wrong mm. so Michigan is two and five you know Michigan ooh in the Big Ten. Yeah, they're they're not getting in at large. I, I think Penn State, you know, if they were to assuming they 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 beat up on Indiana um this weekend, if they were to get two wins in the Big Ten tournament and you know lose a close game to Northwestern in the final, meaning they defeated a Maryland and a Rutgers, um you know, there could be a path. Mm. But Michigan is 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 a Q or bust at this point. Oh yeah, I think so too. Well, I'll tell you who is eligible for net large this year, and that is the Duke Blue Devils. That's right, and this is why we've brought Pam onto the pod. We want to hear all about their season, so let's do it. Okay, let's. All right, we're so excited to be joined by Pam Buston, the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils, who are currently number two in the country and number one in the ACC. So, Pam, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. It's good to be here. Oh, we're so excited. I thought you were going to say number two in the country, number one in our hearts. but I was so close to saying that, but I wanted to mention number one in the ACC because that's pretty momentous. I was reading some of your releases, and this is what the best record you've had in the ACC, you know, all time or in recent history, but um, yeah. currently undefeated in the um, in the ACC in a big big game coming up this weekend. So I'm just wondering, you can tell us, you know, like what's the magic this year? Because there's definitely something special going on with your group. Oh wow! Well, it's not it's not any kind of overnight magic. It's a magic that um, took a lot of hard work, a hard a lot of hard conversations, a lot of um, self-reflection for everybody, um, players, coaching staff, support staff, all of us, um, and how we could um, continue to grow. I, I don't say it's a, like this is often people are calling this a turnaround. And I guess if you're looking at, you know, wins and losses, it is, but it's not. It's just the, the continuation of a process that began probably about two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, and, you know, it's it's just growing and learning and, and getting players back, getting players better, um, mm. learning about the team that you have and a coaching staff that's willing to adapt 
um, to, you know, the different players that we have and what we need to feel that everybody's investing and everybody's working to improve. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, a square peg doesn't fit into a round hole. So you've got to change up what that looks like. And um, I've been very, very fortunate to have an incredible staff that we've been together for like two, three years now. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, everybody, not just the, like the big the staff that really has been involved um, in helping our student athletes build their confidence, work on what they need to work on to get better um, and help them do that. So uh, the magic is a lot is really, really good people yeah. um, are our student athletes um, being willing to open up and being very uncomfortable. And um, if they said they wanted it to be different, then they needed to know what, what that meant. And it meant a lot of hard work and some uncomfortable conversations or uncomfortable video sessions or uncomfortable sessions on the turf or on the track. Um, and then same for the coaching staff, you know, to hear out what the student athletes have to say, hear what the um, rest of the support staff has to say and come together, all of us, um, to come up with a plan um, to improve. And we're still doing it. Um, we're not there. We're still yeah. not there. I mean, we're better, um, but, you know, there's more there's more to be better at. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I do think, you know, like you're like, it's not magic, it's hard work, but I do feel like athletics, we're in this, this sort of like idea of like instant gratification, like come in, make a big change. And it seems like this is definitely more of a like slow burn. And I've always admired your ability to sort of develop a kind of brand for your teams and really have an identity. So, I mean, I've seen the true or Duke true come up a few times and so I'm, I'm curious sort of like mm -hmm. how you developed that what that means yeah. unless it's, it's a funny. big secret you don't have no. to tell us <laughs> no no it's, it's it's not a secret I mean there's no secrets <laughs> it's it's but it's it's ours and it, it's funny we just had our 2003 and 2013 reunion last weekend and those two teams the 2003 was the first team to go to the final four and play for a national mm -hmm. championship 10 years later I was fortunate enough uh, along with the great coaching staff again to lead a team to the 2013 national championship game. And um, in between, you know, there was a change of culture uh, when I got here in 2011. And one of the things, uh, kind of where we just were just mm -hmm. now, um, you know, we had different, we had different challenges between 2020 and where we are today, but they had them in 2011 to 2013. And it was, it's just finding who we are and being really honest about where we are are we are we say we're good but are we really that good like are we doing all the things that are necessary to be a championship team and the hard answer is no and mm. the hard answer was no two years ago and the hard answer for different reasons but it doesn't matter and so Duke True was born out of we have to be as truthful and as honest and trusting as we can be because and back then it was four years now it's five or six but you know you only get those you only get x amount of years to get this done and do it as best we can and if we are not being like authentic about where we are we're going to be spinning wheels or we're going to be hitting different walls or we're going to be going down paths that aren't going to really take us anywhere because we're not we're not really dealing in what's real and mm -hmm. we have to identify those things. And um, so Duke true continues to be that. And sometimes it, you know, honestly it gets challenged or it gets a little mucky, but then it's up to you know, the team and the leaders, um, including the coaching staff to, you know, put a light back on what that means and, and let's um, clear it up and let's get back to what that means and what that means to our program. Mm -hmm. uh, 14 wins is a lot. 
you know, in 16 games. Is, is there a point, is there a win this season? Was there a match where you realized, all right, th- this is a group that, that we, we got a shot at this? Not necessarily that you knew you were going to, you know, be 5-0 and in the ACC through five games, be in first place. Yeah. But was there, a, was there a win where you look back and said, all right, this is a, or like this it's is a clicked. big group? Yeah. 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 Oof, that's a that's a hard question because I mean we we really challenged ourselves in the spring, so I mm. felt really confident with the way we were playing matches in the spring that if they, if we could continue with the work over the summer, which you know it's scary, they go away and you have different you don't know what's coming back or what's going to look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I felt really good coming out of the spring, and you know I know of course the first game right you want to win the first game, and so. Um, we hosted Indiana here and that was important just to start off in our field and our home. And we, so that, and it wasn't easy. I mean, none of them have been easy. And so to answer your question, honest to goodness, I mean, it felt really good going to the ACC big 10 challenge and coming away with that first win against an, obviously an excellent opponent. And we played very well and, and had our chances to win against Northwestern. So I think coming away from that weekend, knowing we competed um, and had opportunities to win or did win, um, I think that was really good for our program to feel we're, we're, we're back up in that um, style and level of play that um, we want to be at. The rest of it is honest to goodness, honest to goodness. It's every, every game that mm-hmm. win had a different significance. Um, and I, I'm not at the point yet. And many coaches will understand you're like relieved after a win. I like, oh, God, we got that, <laughs> you know, cause it's about the record or it's about whatever. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> I've been there and it's part of the job. Um, but it's really, this year has been more about feeling such pride after these kids have found a way to win and have perceived, pers- uh, you know, have uh, persevered through mm-hmm. a game. Um, it's really been every win has reinforced the fact that, you know, this team, um, this team really wants to play and play hard. That's great. Well, and I've been so struck by several of like your bookends, right? So in the back, I don't know how to say your last name, but Piper Hampsh, is that right? Yep. Yeah. yeah so good. like, excellent goalkeeping you're ranked fifth in goals against average in the country and then on the other end of the field I think it's Elena is it Elena McVeigh I mean your high goal scorer and obviously like you're becoming very productive in your attacking third so and I watched her her style is so interesting I feel like it's kind of scrappy and unpredictable so I mean I'm just interested in sort of how those two ends of the field have served you. And I'm sure you're probably going to say it's also the people in the middle of midfielders are like making a big difference, but I mean, they've really stood out this year. Well, for sure. I mean, games are won and lost in circles. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, we have somebody in our attacking circle that has an incredible instinct um, and an incredible um, will, you know, an incredible will to play. And um, she came back so strong. Um, I mean, she's, She's a tough one, uh, really tough. i glad you we're can not see it area. in the way yeah. she wants. To, she just wants yeah. to score. I mean, I feel like yeah. that's so obvious. Desperate. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, and and as scrappy as she may look, it's all it's all out. Like she knows what she's doing. It's it's mm-hmm. incredible. It's incredible. Um, so yeah, that makes a huge difference, right? And and then you're right. There's there's so many around her that if Elena's taken out, we've, we're ready to step up as a team and, and, and somebody else is ready to finish the job. So we're very um, proud and fortunate for that. But again, that was all worked 
I mean, remember, this team, for the most part, worked through the entire spring without Elena at full strength. Mm -hmm. So we were getting better and better and better and better around her. And then when she comes in and joins us, well, here we are. And I'll say the same for the backfield. Um, I'm going to tag Mary Harkins in with Piper. Um, Piper, obviously her journey has been incredible. Um, we just had senior day. We just talked about it, you know, coming in as a gray shirt in January of 2020, hoping that she would get, I, I scheduled the hardest spring so that this could get the shots and the ACC experience. And then of course we had no spring <laughs> and then we had no, then we had no spring. Had no fall. <laughs> What's that and thing they well, say about no, best laid did. plans? <laughs> No, sadly. Oh, that's right. The falling fall. Yeah. Yeah. I I say sadly because here we have a freshman who has not faced a game and it's ACC only. And it's teams that are more, you know, more mature as far as they've been around longer. Many of them trained longer than we had. We had restrictions. Everyone had different restrictions. So, uh, man, right. Talk about baptism by fire. Like she was just thrown in there. and, And, you know, it's been up and down. But I think when we all came together a year ago, you know, when we were finally done, sadly, we were starting to feel like we were ready to make some changes uh, and break through. Um, we outplayed teams and just couldn't win. Uh, and that was really frustrating. I think Piper was one of them as far as our leaders who said, I'm in, we're all in. What do we have to do? We've got to get this thing done. And she's been phenomenal. She's been one who has been great with her self-reflection and also in holding others accountable uh, and, which begins with herself. Uh, and that's been mm-hmm. a big difference maker. And of course, just, just Jekyll working with her, um, yeah. you know, hand in, hand in hand has been fantastic. Learning from the best. Yep. So uh, look ahead to the, the final game for the regular season for y'all is this Friday night uh, in Chapel Hill. Um, how do you manage the emotion of wanting to finish 6-0 and in the ACC, wanting to beat your rival on their home field? Um, you know, there's going to be a lot, lot on the line Friday night, but then at the same time, that's not the ultimate goal. You know, the right. ultimate goal is to be back in Chapel Hill three weeks later. So, you know, how do you approach this final game and keep it in perspective at the same time? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, who could have written this out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, you've been around long enough. You just go, this is funny. Um, but I, I think, yeah. again, it comes down to we've been approaching one game at a time. We truly have been and trying to. It doesn't always work. And as far as coming back to Chapel Hill in a couple, that, that has, doesn't even exist right now. That's not even, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, to be honest, hope they know if we win Friday, we win it outright. I mean, I, they probably do, but it's not, it's not part of our talk. It's not part of our conversation. Um, we have one more game to play in regular season and it happens to be our biggest rival. So I, I don't have to do much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, it's always, even if one team is doing great and the other isn't, it is always a good match. It is always a great game um, forever. And uh, just looking forward to a great game. And I think our team is just excited to have the opportunity to finish a season against, you know, one of the best teams in the country. So um, I really truly believe that is it. I'm not feeling, I don't, I, I may be jinxing myself or maybe I'm clueless, but I don't feel like there's this, weight of the world that there's so much on the line this Friday. It's not, it's about playing Carolina and that's all it ever is when we have a chance to play them. 
Yeah. Well, here we'll be watching, I would imagine. I was just going to say, I mean, it's a great opportunity to compete and it will absolutely be one of our games to watch. Maybe the yeah. game to watch this weekend. We're very excited. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be, a, I'm sure they're planning on, it's going to be crazy for us. Yeah, it'll be, I do, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're promoting what's on the line, which of course puts, you know, more fans in there and puts more pressure on our team. But hopefully we can we can combat it'll be good practice for us good combat that absolutely yeah Yeah. well and i know you you are a very avid listener of this podcast um pam so you know (laughs) (laughs) so you know about some of the questions we've been asking all of our guests um but one of them is this idea that andrew and i about the Olympics. We should be dropping a normal person into every event to just give the people at home a real appreciation for how elite a lot of people are who are competing. So our question to you is, and field hockey is not on the table, which Olympic event would you like to be the normal person in? So it's like either because you're like, you know what, I'd be pretty good at this or like, yeah, I'll just try it. Let's see what happens. And you can't can't pick the sport. You're an actual Olympian and that's cheating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's really funny because <laughs> I grew up, I, well, I grew up such an Olympic fan. Like, I love it. Mm. And I guess um, well, for me, <laughs> again, dating my age, I, I probably would want to be dropped in in men's ice hockey. Yeah. Um, because I grew up with, you know, Jimmy Craig and Mike Ruzioni and that whole thing, which is like, that just gave, just lit the spark. But the hysterical thing is, is that <laughs> the two sports that came into my head before that were, and this could never happen. Like, could never happen. If anyone has seen me move, I mean, I would never be say never. Dude. <laughs> Gymnastics and figure skating. I mean, if I could be a gymnast, like I can't even imagine. I, I was a gymnast till about third, second or third grade when I became five, six and about 130 pounds. It was like, <laughs> I couldn't do anything with my, my counterparts. Like, I'm sorry, guys, I want to go play softball or something. But, um, and then for figure skating, you know, I, I, grew, I wanted to play ice hockey growing up, but they didn't have it for girls. And my dad would only buy us figure skates because we were girls. I know he's changed. We've educated him. But so I would play, I would play pond hockey, you know, my whole childhood in my figure skates. And I would, you know, take a time out and try to do a twirl or a pirouette. And I was like, because that's what you would see growing up, right? Those were always on TV, gymnastics and figure skating. So, yeah. The toe yeah, pick, that does hard. that does the toe pick yeah, make toe, a big oh, difference in ice hockey? Well, yeah, you drag it to stop, and by the time you drag it to stop, they've already gone the other way, or you end up in a bush somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I played pond hockey in my figure skates. We didn't have a lot of pond hockey in Georgia, I have to say. Oh yeah, well, uh, maybe I wish a little kids did more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Massachusetts. And then, I mean, we had it. We had ponds. Oh, Massachusetts. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Massachusetts. I can hear the accent. You still got I it. I can't. I can't. There's, there's a <laughs> little Southern in there now. Yeah, um, I got a little then, Southern in me. Yeah, I like to drop a y'all from now and now and again. Um, Just for fun. Last question. If you were appointed czar of field hockey for a day, so you are the, the czar of the sport, um, and you can pick one rule change, and it, it sticks beyond your day as czar. So one thing you can do, you know, that you thought would change the sport for the better. Um, is, is there something you'd like to see uh, implemented? Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but we got to do something about the overhead call. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Okay. 
Yeah, like, I mean, it's so inconsistent and um, we hear different things, you know, um, especially now that people are overheading the ball into the circle. Uh, I think we need to, I think it kind of breaks up the game and I love the overhead. I think it's a great skill um, to have in the game, but you know how to, I know we're thinking safety, but I don't think players want to play unsafe. Uh, So I think my inclination is to let them play it out and see what happens. I don't think anyone wants to get hurt. Um, but as soon as somebody plays it or it drops, I feel like you should be able to defend it. Um, one, so one, one, one less whistle. Yeah, yeah, or or con- like you know controversy and inconsistency. Right. Yeah, That's fair. but That's I mean, yeah, you put me on the spot. I probably could think of something. That's better. all right. No, we've we've had that some good answers. Uh, Tracy Fuchs is leading the left-handed stick brigade. Oh yeah. Um, so that that's hers. There's not a lot of people following her on that, but she says no. that uh, that that was hers. We've had some uh, overtime it wouldn't be adjustments field hockey anymore. Would it be right? Field it would. Anymore? It would be something very different. Yeah. So. Um, well, good luck this weekend uh, against North Carolina. Good luck the last or beyond that, too. But I know we're not thank looking you. ahead to that yet. Um, and thank you so very much for coming on. And uh, hopefully we will talk to you again very, very soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. And I appreciate right, seeing Kirsten again. All right. Have a great day. You got it. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. That was lovely. It was. <laughs> I think Pam, Pam is a living legend. Like an actual living legend. Like when you think about all she's accomplished on the field, on the, on the pitch, on the pitch, please be accurate and off the pitch with a P. um, And, and, you know, as a player, as a coach, as a steward of the game. Oh, I love that word. Yeah. No, and I've always admired the way she sort of like brands hockey. And I got to sit in a couple um, sessions where she was doing some like, like video session chalk talk with some U.S. teams. And it was really it's like this is how you run a video session. She engaged them. It was really high level. She's just like she's a really solid student of the game. And I think she presents it really well. So I've always always had a soft spot for Pam. One of the one of the cool things I think about this sport is you know going to what we talked about at the beginning it's not as well known as some others especially the quirks and nuances of the game Mm. and so when you're able to talk to some of these coaches who have dedicated their whole life to this sport it, it it just comes out so clearly you know, you look at, you know, baseball, basketball, football in this country, you know, you put a football game on and just about everyone knows what's going on. You know, we all yeah. know like, like, like yeah. it's, it's, it's not rocket science, but to hear some of the people talk about a sport like field hockey, that's so popular around the world, but not as much in the United States and, and just how much, how much knowledge there. It's very cool. I know I'm kind of rambling, but it's. Well, it's, but I also think it's really cool just the field hockey community and that it's really accessible, right? Like there was a, there was a little initiative they might still be doing it at the NFHCA where it's like high school coaches, like, please come and watch college practices and all these things. And everybody opened their practices up. Like they want to teach. And it's like, I mean, Pam is like literally can be compared. Like she is a coach K level in field right. hockey. That, that's, I think that's and what we get I'm, to talk to her. I got to watch her do a video session and she's giving with her time. It's really cool. 
It is. Do you think the NFHCA would like to let high school coaches watch us record? I think maybe they would like, I would love to, to talk to some commentators, <laughs> show them how to record. I mean, while we're trying to grow the game. We are growing the game every day, Andrew. Well done. So Speaking before growing oh, the go game, ahead. Oh, no, grow the say, game. No, grow the game. Well, well, you know, the, the organization that coined that term USA field hockey is participating Pan Ams this week. They are in beautiful Santiago, Santiago de Chile. Ah, uh, love Santiago. The, the land of milk and honey. Oh my goodness. What? A, well, I can't say as I, I have not experienced it, but I want to say it's a place. I know, I know. I've been given a hard time about this. You've been several times, many times. Yeah, chi chi chi. Lay lay lay. So yeah. that's exciting. I know the men played um, today. I think the women play tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's right. We're in, we're in pool play. It's exciting times. Bid to the Olympics is on the line. So lots of exciting stuff. Watch international field hockey, kids. You can learn and you, and, and, uh, the, you can watch all the Pan Ams for free. I've been doing it. I saw that. I, I did have a little trouble navigating their website. I'm sure I can figure it out. There's but. an app. There's a Pan Am Sports app where you just download it and register it for free. And you can watch every sport. Wow. What, have, what else have you watched other than field hockey? I watched a little baseball. I watched some three-on-three three three basketball. I watched gymnastics. With, are you aware of this on who is doing the call for gymnastics? No, it's in Espanol, but former oh Chilean God. national Daniela. No, no, okay. Max Finger Hoop. Doctor Max is, is doing. Me. Yes, it's amazing. Okay, I will. I'm whoa! I'm so excited for those who do not know the twin brother of a an American University field hockey legend and, and all American. American. Everyone Christine knows. Christine A. Finger hoop. Everyone knows. I know, but that's so exciting. How also cool. an AU Hall of Famer. That's right. AU Hall of Famer. Um, wow. So we're going to watch some Pan Am hockey this, this week, this or month. Or Pan Am gymnastics. Or Pan Am gymnastics. I'm going to have to turn some on. Is he doing both women's and men? Sure. Oh, okay. Anyway. All right. So before before about? we uh, look ahead to this weekend, I wanted to run through each conference. Um, oh yeah, you know we, we have we have one game left in each league, um, or, or one weekend left. A couple teams played twice this weekend, um, and see where we stand. And it's it's really interesting because so many of these are so close and are coming down to the final weekend to see who's going to win the outright title in each league. So. Um, we'll just run through them real quick and see if you have anything exciting to add. And if you don't, okay. that's okay. We're going to go alphabetical. So the America East, New Hampshire and Albany both sit at six and one going into the final weekend of play. Um, New Hampshire uh, finishes its regular season with California, the natural America East member. Mm. Uh, the Golden Bears. Albany is is six and one. The pretty good Danes. Uh, they're at Vermont, who has not had uh, a terrible year. They're four and three. And then sitting just half a game back is Diet Massachusetts, UMass Lowell, who obviously is ranked. They have uh, two games this weekend. They take on their natural rivals, Stanford and UC Davis. You know, geographic rivalries there. So. <laughs> 
Uh, that's where we sit, the America East, with one weekend left. The Atlantic 10, St. Joe's, uh, an early season favorite of ours, the Hawk Will Never Die. They are 6-0, and uh, and they take on LaSalle, who's 5-1. and one. So the winner of that will. Okay, and LaSalle, wait, tell me, what, what will the winner do? Win the A-10 outright. So oh, St. Really? Joe's is 6-0, and oh, LaSalle's 5-1, and one, and they, they, they finish up with each other this weekend. Can I tell you, LaSalle was one of my shout outs this week because they're shouted out. out. Um, Yeah, I mean, like their performance in the A10 is is honestly pretty. I mean, it's it's uh, surprising given their recent history. This is their first trip. So whether they host or are number one seed or not, this is their first trip to the A10 tournament since 2011. That's a long time ago. Yes. Yes, and they they also like this year. I, I mean, teams we knew were pretty good. Like they beat VCU and William and Mary. So like, okay, LaSalle. I mean, shout out LaSalle. Get out, Has, get on. LaSalle. You know, what, you know their hashtag is hashtag never lost. Because they're explorers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the ACC, we talked about a little bit on the call uh, with Pam Buston. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But Duke and North Carolina finished the year with each other in Chapel Hill. Duke is 5-0, and Carolina 4-1. and So the winner of the Tobacco Road, are we still allowed to call it that? I don't know. I have no tobac- idea. Is that of offensive? That. I don't know. Okay. Uh, the winner of that will win the ACC. Uh, going to the Big East, Liberty is 6-0. and Sorry, if uh, I can stop you, who's hosting the ACC tournament? I have no idea. That's, I'm going to look it up. You keep going. No, now I'm looking it up. Okay. Because I'm just like, is North Carolina just hosting? Hosted it? by your Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, on the blue Wah-hoo-ah. field. Wahoo. Good old Charlottesville. It. It's a great place, Charlottesville. I mean, I, it is beautiful. So Liberty is six and zero. They are, uh, they I believe have clinched the uh, Big East championship. They're up a game on Old Dominion, but they beat ODU. They also finished the year with Georgetown. So I think it's a safe bet. Liberty is going to run the table in the Big East. Is it East. at Georgetown? Well, Georgetown doesn't have a home field. They, it's at they Towson. Play, they play their big. Ten, they play most some of their Big East games on the the long turf. Well, this is at Towson. Okay, so all right, so turf is not a factor. Onward. Nevertheless, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and I'm not even gonna use pencil. I'm gonna go seven and zero for Liberty and Big East play. All right, well, your funeral, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Ten, we we've broken it down. With Western is seven and zero. Rutgers and Maryland are both six and one going into the final weekend. Uh, so Northwestern, a game away from winning the Big Ten. In the CAA, Monmouth four and one. Okay. What do you think? What do you think? Is that a? I'm just thing saying. Say? Oh, what do uh, I think? Yeah, they finish with Hofstra, who's quite bad. Um, so a Monmouth win over Hofstra will give them the CAA championship for the regular season and the top seed. Do they get uh, to we, host? Uh, I believe they do. Yes, but All right. you know, yeah. CAA struggled a bit this year. Not been a great year. Maybe they should go back to the old name. The Ivy, so. uh, it's Harvard at 6-0, and as, as we discussed also last week. Uh, they play for the Ivy League regular season championship against Cornell this weekend. Uh, Cornell's 5-1, and one, so another one where it comes down to the last day, so that's exciting. Um, 
the MAC, the MAC, the aforementioned App State Mountaineers at five and one, along with Miami. Uh, App State beat Miami earlier in the year. Is that correct? Yeah, no, Miami beat App State earlier in the year, but it was one of their first conference games of the season. So then Miami has the upper hand as they both have one loss going into the mm-hmm. final weekend. Uh, the NEC, Fairfield is 6-0, and St. Francis is 5-1. and That's about as much as I think we need to talk about that. Uh, the Patriot League, your American University Eagles are 5-0, and uh, headed up to – uh, BU, Nickerson Field, former site of Braves Field, home of the Boston Braves, the 1914 World Series. No, wait, Series. wait, wait. No, wait, 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 wait. I think AU's hosting. No, they're not. It was senior day the other day. They're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. No, yes, they are. Do you want to bet? You want to bet? Yeah, you want to bet? You yep, want to bet? I'm on Patriot I'll... League right now. Okay, I'll wait. Okay. Patriot League, field hockey, standings, American, exclamation point, asterisk, exclamation point, mean, clinch number one seed and hosting duties for the Patriot League championship. No, I'm saying they're at Boston this weekend. Oh, my gosh. I didn't mean okay, for so the we're tournament. we're both wrong. We're both wrong. No, I was right. They're playing at, I meant they're playing at BU this weekend. <laughs> we got this part. <laughs> no, we're not cutting it. <laughs> Fine. Okay, you are right. And then they're hosting the following weekend. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, In the Patriot yeah, League tournament. You're yeah, right. But they're at BU this weekend. Okay. That's all. Moving that on. That wraps it up. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Alphabetically, Patriot League is last, but only in alphabetical order. <laughs> Today's scholar athletes. Morris leaders. leaders. Yeah. Uh, what are our games to watch, TM? Well, this is very exciting because this week we get to say that we have a, it's not, it doesn't start on Friday, starts on Thursday, Maryland, of course, (laughs) (laughs) number seven, Maryland's playing number one, Northwestern, Um, which also like Northwestern Northwestern clinched, uh, clinched the big 10 championship outright. But with this win, I think it would really affect seeding for Maryland. And their RPI. I mean, are you sure they a lot at stake? Well, they held up a trophy after the Rutgers game and danced around with it. So, and take it back. But Maryland only has one loss. If Maryland beats, so they definitely celebrated because they've they must have clinched a portion of it, right? Or they they're like share. Or maybe maybe they stole the trophy. That might be possible. Or maybe that was a different trophy. I mean, they celebrated pretty hard. They put it on their Twitter. All right, like we'll, champions. We'll take their we'll we'll take their word for it. I don't well, think Coach Fuchs would lie. No, she would never. Um, well, and because I think we got to look at the Big Ten schedule because I feel like somebody might play somebody again. Anyway, on Friday, our big conference matchups. So this, uh, I feel like I've been using the fly under the radar. Um, phrase a lot, but fly under the radar a little bit, but like Temple is playing if Quinnipiac. The shoe fits, Kira. I know. Um, Temple is playing Quinnipiac, and so a, a Quinnipiac win will secure them a Big East championship berth. So that's a big game in the big in some Big East action. For the Bobcats. Um, for the Bobcats. And then Princeton is playing Yale in some very important Ivy League action because with a Yale win... With a Yale win, they secure the fourth spot in the first ever Ivy League championship. Who so knocking out Princeton. 
Who would have thought Princeton would not be present in the first? I mean, not me and not a lot of people. I don't think anybody, honestly, no one, no one could have predicted this. So you could say this game is practically a play in game. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. So, yeah, it really kind of is for the tournament. And then your game to watch on Friday for the weekend, possibly the year, we said it last week, but we're saying it again this week, is UNC versus Duke for the number one seed in the ACC tournament and I believe a regular season championship. It is that, yes. It is that. So that's big, big, huge. Now, did do we know, did Aaron Matson ever lose to Duke as a player? Ooh. <laughs> Excellent question. I would wager no, because I think she was on the team for at least two undefeated national championship years. And then in those other years where they had a couple losses, I don't think they lost to Duke. I'm I'm checking this right now, Kirsten. Okay. So in 2021, well, 2021, they just went 13 and seven. Really? Wow. they They did beat Duke. 2020. They beat Duke four nothing in the fall. Beat them again because I guess they 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 played them twice. They beat them five four in overtime. Then they played them again in the spring in the second half of this crazy <laughs> season, and they beat them four three in double overtime. Wow! So in the in the stretched out twenty twenty one season in which North Carolina went 19 and one and won the national championship. They beat Duke three times. 2019. This is riveting here. As I look this up, <laughs> they won stuff. two, they won two zip. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go. So Aaron Matson never lost. Yeah. Never lost to Duke. Looks never like lost to Duke. Six or I mean, they went. Look at this is wild. In 2018 and 2019, they went 23 and oh. And oh, I know it's incredible. They were unstoppable, and it was it was a beautiful to watch. It was it was these these were their scores in the NCAA tournament. I mean, like four zero, five two, four zero, and then two zero. Yeah. Scoring powerhouse. They beat Wake Forest in the ACC championship game seven to two. They they beat they beat Virginia in the semifinal five to one. So in the ACC tournament, yes, they outscored their opponents twelve to three. Unstoppable. I mean, I know we're not supposed to be talking about twenty eighteen, but I mean that's. I mean, it's a it was a a team of legend. There, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine, honestly. Especially especially goals. now, why that? Well, they're like there's so much parity because to like this season has been so great that we are move people are moving around upset wins and like just really solid, well matched games. But UNC was like utterly dominant. They were unbeatable. It was wild, crazy stuff. Cray. Cray. Anyway, shall we move on to Sunday? I mean, or Saturday. Saturday. You got uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, Harvard versus Cornell for For number one seed in the Ivy League regular season championship. And then, as everyone knows, 
Uh, Saturdays for Division Three, number five Messiah versus number nine York College of Pennsylvania. They're both six and zero in the MAC Commonwealth Conference, and so this game is to clinch regular season and hosting duties uh, in that conference, which is incredibly competitive this year. And then on Sunday. Wait, Not wait, a lot of games. Matt Commonwealth is the name of the conference. The Middle Atlantic Conference is split into two sort of branches for field hockey because there are so many teams. So there's the Commonwealth and the Freedom Conference within the Middle Atlantic Conference. Seriously? Yes, I'm dead serious. Look it up. Huh. And the, each of those, each of those branches has like a ton of teams. There's like nine teams. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. So there you go. Chew on well, that. How, how, how is it? In the freedom here, can't believe I'm talking about this. Stevens is in first place and DeSales is in second. But Stevens is 5-0 and and DeSales is 6-0. and Do they not know how to do math in this conference? <laughs> oh, man. I don't have it pulled up, there are, but I'm there curious. Are, there, are, there are schools in this conference I have never heard of. Give me one. Alvernia. <gasps> Great place right outside of Philly. Coached to camp there once. What is Albright? Stevenson. <gasps> Okay, now Albright, are you kidding? Albright College is great Division Three school, also in Pennsylvania. The alma mater of one Senator John Fetterman and my cousin, who both played football there. Both your cousin and John Fetterman? Yes, they both played At football there. At the same there. time? Uh, for one year, they overlapped. Wow. The Albright Lions. I've heard of Lebanon Valley because we played them once in basketball, George Mason. And within striking distance of your favorite place in Pennsylvania, Mount Joy. You think the Lebanon Valley team has been to the country table? Absolutely. Somebody on the Lebanon Valley team has been to the country table for sure. And they probably got some deli meat at Darren Camp. I hate to disappoint you, but both of those places, Darren Camps and the country table, are no more. The country table's gone? It's over. It's dead. I thought it like revamped or something. It did not work. It's what over. about boobies? Boobies is still there, holding strong. Okay. Yeah. What about really the, uplifting in the community? What about the pear? Uh, the pear? Uh, the pear. Not, like instead of the apple place, it was the pear place. Oh, the orchard like, we went to? Yeah, the pear orchard. Oh, I don't remember what that was. This was a long time ago, Andrew. Yeah, it was like 2009. 10. Well, you think maybe we should wrap this up? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are our games to watch this weekend. Uh, we're going to be watching some Pan Ams, and we're excited to see how things figure themselves out in all the conferences. And then we have to decide what we're going to do for the conference tournaments. Like, well, how are we going to lay that out? What we were you going to do? We may need to record a day early because I think, mm. I think some of them start earlier in the week. Yeah, I think the first um, one starts on Thursday. Do we have any Wednesday yeah. starts? Yeah, well, that's. I think there might be a Wednesday start. So we may want to record a day early. Um, I think that uh, we'll need to pick a winner in each conference. Mm. I think... What I think maybe we'll do is we'll take the top seed and just, you know, real quick, do we want the top seed or are we taking someone else type of thing? Um, I think we're going to need to do some sort of uh, bracket contest for the NCAA. Absolutely. hundred percent. Maybe we could do some pitch session merch. We could. 
on the line, don't bet on it. Right. Don't bet on it. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to think about what we can do for the selection show. Blah, blah, blah. We'll figure it out. Oh yeah. We got to talk about that. That's that Sunday night. So, I mean, if you have any ideas, people, people of the pod, you know, follow us on Twitter. People of the pod. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter. That's pitch session pod. With two P's pitch and pod. Yep. Yep. Right. And uh, that's right. By the way, you know what you never addressed on the pod was the winner of the fat bear contest. (gasps) Chunk. I know. Chunk took it. He was so huge. He was a big bear. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, was it? It was Chunk. Oh my gosh. Now I'm really second guessing myself. We're going to have to grazer. Grazer. It was Grazer this year. No, it was Grazer. He defeated Chunk. Grazer, also known as Bear 128, took it. And he was very large. Huge. I mean, it looks like somebody did a bad Photoshop of this bear. So fat. Maybe they did. Maybe. I don't think they did. I'm, you know, there's a lot of integrity in Fat Bear Week. All right. Well, that's it. Episode X. Who's your official pitch session pick to win the World Series? The Rangers and the Diamondbacks. All right. I watched last night. I don't care about any of either of those teams. I don't care either. Yeah. So no official pick because we don't care. I'm going to take the Saints. All right. Good on you. Bye, Kira. <laughs> Bye, Andrew.